Enough with embrace debate. Pointless yelling at each other on ESPN and Fox. Yet very little actual content. It's time for a change. A voice from the fan. For the fan. The most compelling topics in sports. All covered here. This is Corbett's Corner. Okay, welcome in. It's a Corbett's Corner on a Tuesday. I've been trying to get a core trades out here again with scheduling conflicts. The market's been crazy lately, so we will get uh, that to you probably next week. I'm headed to Portland this week. My guy, your guy, Matty Ice, getting hitched this weekend. Uh, so excited for that. But yeah, I want to get to uh, kind of some differing opinions on the market. Those who held AMC during the treacherous days after the short squeeze in January and then all the way. Uh, to see it up to $60, $70 recently. And then uh, someone like my brother who sold at $15. So again, it's been crazy. Uh, we'll get a financial update probably next week. Uh, obviously got to talk about Julio Jones. That's where we will start here on Corbett's Corner. One of the worst takes I've ever had, right? It was just blinded by fandom. Uh, you know, I was hoping these reports are wrong, like they were about Aaron Rodgers, who's still in a Green Bay jersey. Who knows if eventually that's going to be the case come season's uh, start. He's not at minicamp for the first time, mandatory minicamp. So that's interesting to keep an eye on. Is he going to retire? Uh, is he coming back as the reigning MVP? Uh, but Julio eventually gets traded. The Falcons obviously under uh, a new regime. No more Dan Quinn. A couple of years too late, they finally get rid of him. Same goes for their GM, Thomas Dimitrov. Uh, so bring in former Saints front office member Terry Fontenot. Interesting move there, but he takes over for the head job. And I like what, he've done, what he's done so far, even though um, trading away a franchise icon for, what, scraps? A second and fourth rounder. You gave up a sixth rounder, but you do uh, get rid of that contract, which was, in hindsight, maybe not the best contract. Almost unmovable as the NFL and the price tag for Julio Jones showed you. So we'll dive into that. Um, but Arthur Smith, so again... Julio Jones goes where his new head coach or could have been head coach left. Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator, uh, helped Tennessee to the best offense in 16 years. Let's highlight that. Arthur Smith comes over, gets the head coaching job for the Falcons, takes Kyle Pitts fourth overall, which kind of said, hey, we're going for it with this offense that was in a Super Bowl, what, three, four years ago. I mean, it's starting to add up now since the Falcons blew that 28-3 lead. Um, but some key things with Arthur Smith drafting Kyle Pitts, who is arguably going to be one of the best tight ends we've ever seen, right? That's all the reports. That's why he's the highest drafted tight end. He's more of these hybrid George Kittle, Travis Kelsey types now. Um, and the reason I'm excited about this is because Arthur Smith was previously a tight ends coach for the Titans. He had been there for a couple of years. Matt LaFleur leaves, right? Goes to Green Bay. Arthur Smith takes over as offensive coordinator, and he helps not only the offense to its best Titans offensive uh, season in the last 16 years, but specifically Tannehill. Okay, that's good news coming here. Maybe Matt Ryan can relive his MVP season. Um, what else? Uh, John Derrick Henry, right? Uh, you've got A.J. Brown, who had a career year, but specifically Jonu Smith. Uh, if you play fantasy football, you know the tight end wire is always one that you got to get early and often, and Jonu Smith went from uh, just a guy to all of a sudden he was a legitimate red zone threat, uh, a guy that could stretch the field from the tight end position as this huge guy. So Arthur Smith coming over, wanting to draft Kyle Pitts, having the option to draft a quarterback there and opting to go with Matt Ryan still, Pitts as the offensive weapon. 
And at first I was like too many mouths to feed. You got Julio Jones. Now Kyle Pitts as a rookie of the year candidates got to get a little bit more thought, right? Uh, it's probably going to go to a quarterback. I mean, there's going to be a lot of starting quarterbacks, a lot of guys getting reps, um, which obviously is going to skew the numbers. It's a quarterback friendly league. So quarterback versus tight end, unless Pitts just absolutely has a, a, a unhuman year. Um, I think it's probably going to go to someone like Trevor Lawrence. Right. Um, but I'm excited. So I, again, we, and here's where I'm confused. I mean, Julio, again, he gave everything he had here for Atlanta. Um, he was great, but it, it, I've got a video here for you. So he was great up until the Super Bowl, had the greatest catch I think I've ever seen. But again, it was in a losing effort, not on Julio, not his fault whatsoever. It was Shanahan, the inability to, you know, finish out a Super Bowl two. Now he's now done uh, with the Falcons and then as a head coach with the 49ers two years ago. But if you remember, the year after the 28-3 collapse is uh, where we'll direct you to. The Eagles, the underdog Eagles, uh, take out. Remember, they're wearing the dog masks all throughout their uh, playoff run. They end up toppling the New England Patriots with Nick Foles. But what if it never came to be? And it was because Julio Jones was directly impacting this playoff run. And I think I'm the only one who noticed it as a Falcons fan, kind of in disbelief. How is this happening? Let's watch the video. I'll kind of give the play-by-play with you here as we go about. Okay, so this is the Eagles Atlanta. I think this is divisional round. Yep, divisional round. So again, the Eagles eventually went on. This was the Minneapolis miracle year. Uh, and then the Eagles took care of the Vikings and eventually went on to win the Super Bowl. Julio Jones had two, if not three, chances to end this game uh, for the Falcons. And that would have led to the Eagles not even getting there, right? Uh, so let's take a look at this video. So here's the first one. Julio, that's catchable. We got an ad here. Great. Um, but that's a catchable ball as soon as we get back to this from Julio. It's going to get a replay here. Again, if you want to get paid like the best wide receiver in football, you make those catches. I guess we won't get a replay. Here's another chance. Julio's cutting on an inside route, I believe, or this was a blown-up shovel pass. Julio's going to get uh, kind of a, a curl route where he posts up a little bit short to the goal line. And again, visual audience here, we're kind of watching uh, as Atlanta – ended up not getting this win in the playoffs and the franchise demise went from here here's the play we're talking about julio just kind of dives makes the catch but he's at the two yard line he's going to set up fourth and goal again 15 to 10 they're trailing but they're on the two yard line and they have first and goal a minute left this is the game right here julio missed a julio jones catchable ball and now here's here's where the franchise took a turn for the worst now all of a sudden julio jones is on the Titans. First of all, top of the screen. He falls down on the route. Matty Ice, he's done this his whole career. Extend the play, chuck it up. Oh my goodness, it's through his hands. Uh, I mean, again, that's tough play. But if you're Julio Jones and they ended up paying him like they were Julio Jones, that was kind of, and yeah, here's the replay. It was almost foretelling of what would come. Julio Jones was just often injured, wasn't the same producer. I mean, you got to catch that, right? If you're Julio Jones. Come on. I mean, that's just where I'll remember it. Well, who's to say if he makes that catch, Atlanta maybe makes another run at the Super Bowl. I mean, it was going to be tough to put those legs into, but come on, Julio. If you want to be Julio bleeping Jones, you got to do stuff like that. Um, so I'll, I'll always remember that. Uh, I thought that Julio Jones, um, obviously I'm going to miss him, going to love him. He was uh, He made Matt Ryan what he was. He's going to be, in my eyes, one of the best receivers I've ever seen. 
Um, but he made a little bit of a headache. He held out after this year, after his playoff loss, where he may or may not have dropped a game-winning touchdown. And he said he wanted to be, he wanted to get this contract. Okay, they gave it to him. Completely cap-strapped the team. Dan Quinn ended up not being a defensive guru. Keanu Neal gets hurt. Defense just falls apart. Um, and now all of a sudden you got a new head coach, Matt Ryan, his swan song, so to speak. His contract's not looking great. If it's not this year, do they move on from him next year? It's just tough. And the saga, again, my take was, I'm not buying it. Julio Stan, blinded by the fandom. It was confusing because Atlanta said they're going to keep on going with Matt Ryan by drafting Kyle Pitts, but then also consequently at the same time, kind of saying, well, actually, we're going to trade away one of our best offensive weapons, too. So that was interesting to me. Julio Jones, officially a Tennessee Titan. Uh, I was looking at the win totals. Titans at nine, Falcons at seven and a half. Now I'm going to be the homer to tell you, do this every single year. Falcons, hey, this offense, they could be something. Carolina, did they get better or worse? Another year older for Brady. I know they're still the Super Bowl champs running it back. The Saints, no more Drew Brees. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. The Falcons are going to be playing that four-win schedule, right? So they're going to have an easier NFL schedule. Can they get stuff done? They'll have to do it without Julio. Tennessee, over under nine. I mean, the Texans got worse, right? Who's their quarterback opening week one? Um, Carson Wentz, can he get it done with the Colts? What's Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer going to be with the Jags? So it's going to be interesting. Julio for a bag of donuts over to the Tennessee Titans. All right, let's shift to the NBA. Uh, the Nets are scary. I just had a, a friend ask me if they want to retract any statements uh, disparaging the Nets, and I'm getting pretty darn close. They shot 50% from deep last night, and they shot it 42 times from beyond the arc. That's right, 21 of 42. They blow out the Bucks game one. They blow out the Bucks embarrassing game two. Series goes to Milwaukee. Bucks down 2 nothing. Are they going to be able to make a difference? Well, the Clippers just did that. They ended up winning game seven. Clips move on. They face the Jazz, I believe, tonight. Um, so they got it done. Can the Bucs do it? The the next the Nets, I kept saying they don't play defense. They lose James Harden. And, oh, boy, are they playing defense. Now, is it Giannis not being aggressive enough? Is it Chris Middleton absolutely sucking? Dude was seven for 20 yesterday. He was just as bad in game one. I mean, these two games were over at halftime. Bucks need to make some serious adjustments uh, if they don't want to get shown the door here in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So a little worried about my uh, Bucks over Nets prediction, but as the Clipper showed you, it's not over till it's over. 76ers, I still think they get it. They lose game one to the Hawks. I watched a majority of that first half. Trey Young was absolutely on fire, came back down to earth in the second half, and that's the key there. How is Joel Embiid playing, right? He almost tears his meniscus, and he's out there for game one. That shocked me, and they lost, but I was encouraged by the second-half comeback. That could have been easily over in the first half, a blowout. 76ers come back. Uh, the Hawks shooting percentage, Trey Young, certainly came back down to earth, and the 76ers showed that they could still score. Hawks aren't great defensively. 76ers still showing that they're a pretty potent offensive team, which is kind of putting on a show for if they're going to be facing the Nets eventually in the Eastern Conference Finals, but – uh, I mean, since and I keep it, I kept saying J.B. Bickerstaff is the new coach of the Hawks. It's actually Nate McMillan, uh, you know, another retread coach. But Nate McMillan can't be overlooked what these Hawks teams have done since they fired Lloyd Pierce. Uh, they nab game one in Philly. Trey Young, he's a legitimate superstar. But does he get enough help? 
I think the 76ers are a good enough team to overcome the one nothing deficit. I think they still roll in this series. Okay, out west. I, so I have to change it, right? The Suns beat the Lakers. I had the Lakers representing the West in the finals. They, uh, the Anthony Davis injury hurt, and the Suns are pretty darn good. I initially, into this Clips, uh, excuse me, this Nuggets Sun series, thought it was going to be the Nuggets. And I'm still not sour on that, but the Suns showed me last night in watching that game, they're pretty darn good. Um, Nuggets, are they going to be able? This was the team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year with Jamal Murray. This year, they don't have Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. is looking like the real damn deal. I still think they're going to make this a series. I think we could have some seven-game series throughout uh, here in the semifinals for both sides. So it's going to be interesting. I've got the Clippers over the Jazz. I've been saying throughout the year I'm not sold on the Jazz. I think they're a regular season fluke team. And I think the Clippers showed pretty great resilience being down 2-0 to the Mavs, 3-2 to the Mavs, and then ending up taking out a future legend in Luka Doncic and moving on. So facing some adversity there to move on, I think they could keep it rolling against the rest of Jazz. Um, so I'll, I'll keep it with an LA team in the finals instead of 76ers over the Lakers, we'll go 76ers over the Clippers. And I think it'll be Clippers nuggets in the Western conference finals. Lastly, let's head to the ice. How about this Islands Bruins series? I've been riding the Bruins the last couple of games and that hasn't worked out. Um, Islanders can possibly take them out. They lead it three games to two. I, again, I still think it's this Vegas Colorado series. Whoever wins this is going to win. And how about Avalanche up two nothing? I still hoping Vegas could get there, and they do. They split the series two two. Game five's tonight. It's going to be interesting. I think Colorado gets it done, but still wouldn't be surprised if that series goes seven. Lightning. They are up three games to one. They will have their game five tonight against the Hurricanes. I'm on the Hurricanes, so I think these. Uh, these series will continue out through tonight, um, but that's that's going to be awesome. How about the Habs, right? The ca- Canadians, they take it all the way to seven, upset the Maple Leafs after being trailing three to one in that series. They get a wet, uh, rested Winnipeg Jets team after they swept their opponent, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. So they come into a rested Winnipeg squad and the Canadians sweep them. So now they get the extra rest. Uh, they'll wait. Uh, for the winner of this battle between Colorado and Vegas. So the Canadians riding the hot goaltender at the right time. Keep an eye out for them. And, of course, the hockey playoffs have been exciting throughout. They're running congruent with the NBA, making summer fun to us. Baseball is starting to take more of a shape. Cardinals are going the wrong direction. Cubs, as I predicted in the beginning of the season, even though they sold a lot of their players, they're still a good squad playing under uh, manager David Ross. So, Uh, And, of course, GM now Jed Hoyer right after Theo Epstein left for Major League Baseball uh, in their commissioner's office. But baseball is starting to take more shape here as we get into the dog days approaching of summer. That'll do it for me, Dylan Corbett, here on Corbett's Corner on Tuesday. Uh, Again, core trades will be coming out sometime next week as the market has been absolutely insane. Meme stocks are back and winging it. We're up to episode 29. That will be in its usual day here tomorrow. So check that out, episode 29 of Winging It with the Fellows. Coming out here on the Corbett Sports Podcast Network, CorbettSports.com, to view all the different uh, different menu items there, uh, the options. So that'll do it for me here on a Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.